0: The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church.
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? It's Theological Thursday. You ready to talk to me? Come on,
0: let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, an expert on race, religion, and relationships dr anderson wants to talk to you our phone lines are now open 888-432-7434 and now please welcome dr david anderson your bridge building voice in the nation's capital
1: that's me your bridge building voice right here in the nation's capital how in the world are you today Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching me on my socials, at Andersonspeak on Facebook and on YouTube, at Andersonspeaks is my handle there. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA 105.1 FM FM. Right here in the DMV, covering all of D.C., Maryland, uh, Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania, and West Virginia as well. Well, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays. That's today. And then Open Phone-In Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about tomorrow is fair game. And on Saturdays, we have a special show just for you from 7 to 7.30. It's a weekend special And of course, if you uh, want some preaching and you want some worship with other believers and you don't have a church home, you can always check me out on Sundays, bridgeway.cc out of Maryland. Today is Theological Thursday, and we're going to talk about the theology of unity uh, in the midst of racial tension. How can we be unified when it seems like we're being pulled apart Uh, In every different way, whether it's political tension, whether it's uh, racial tension or cultural tension, it gets pretty tough. And how in the world can we make sure that we are unified and that we can maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace? Well, guess what? Today, I've got a panel of guests who are going to be hanging out with me on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. So I'm not going to be alone I'll still give you the phone number so you can give a call, and maybe I'll just integrate you into the conversation, but I might just hog my guests, so we'll have to see. But let's do what we always do, and that is we open in just uh, a time of prayer. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we uh, commit this show over to you in the name of Jesus, and we pray that every listener and every viewer would be touched by our conversation. For it is in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. A couple other ways you can get a hold of me, you can always go to andersonspeaks.com, andersonspeaks.com, or my favorite website, embracegracism.com. There you can register to be a gracist and say to me that, hey, look, Doc, I don't want to be a racist. I want to be a gracist. I want to do something about it. Well, make sure you go to embracegracism.com. Now, here's my number, 888-432-7434, 888 888-4- bridge if you want to give a call go ahead and get in line right now but let me tell you about a couple of folk i have on the line with me and if you're watching on my facebook page you can see them starting with uh, pastor toby perth a friend of mine he's traveled the world with me he's a pastor out in san francisco california he was in new york where he planted a church he was also in the marketplace as an entrepreneur for 13 years a uh, pastor toby earth how in the world are you today friend?
2: I'm doing great and glad to be with you.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really glad that you're with me, uh, Pastor Toby. And any white man by the name of Toby, you know you got to be an automatic friend of mine. (laughs) So good to see you, man. And uh, I have a sister who's hanging out with me as well. You may have heard her before, Pastor Sandy Pope. She is uh, the first female pastor at Bridgeway Community Church, and she's a teacher of God's Word and evangelist, and she oversees much ministry at Bridgeway. Pastor Sandy, thank you so much for being with me today.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Pastor David
1: speaking of pastors can i just tell you female pastors pastor may Cannon, she was one of the first female pastors i knew uh 25 30 years ago and she was always kind of noodling me and pushing me and saying doc when you're gonna have female pastors and back then coming out of moody bible institute i wasn't quite sure how all that was gonna work and we were together at willow creek community church well she was leading the way before i even got started and i'm so grateful Uh, to this woman of God and this friend who we've been walking together in reconciliation for so many years. She's preached at my church. We've traveled. We've shared together in um, multiple rooms with key leaders around the world. May Cannon, Dr. May Cannon, welcome to the show. How are you today?
4: Dr. David Anderson, the Holy Spirit is at work, and I am grateful.
1: Well, he's been using you to be at some of that work, including a brand new book that just came out this week. Can you tell us about it?
4: It's called Beyond Hashtag Activism, Comprehensive Justice in a Complicated Age. And it's Mm -hmm. a call for the church. When we pray every day, the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. It's a kingdom of justice and righteousness. And Mm -hmm. the book seeks to tell us how we can do that together. So I'm looking forward to talking about it today.
1: Wow. Please do. We want to know how we get beyond uh, hashtag activism into some real work. You also wrote one of your first books was the Social Justice Handbook. What was that book really about? That
4: book was the handbook that I wish someone had given me when I started at Willow Creek. It was all the questions. What does the Bible say about justice? What does... What's a theology of race? A theology of gender, and responding to the needs of the poor. And so that's an encyclopedic, an encyclopedic book. Uh, ten years, uh, it came out ten years ago, and it's uh, a bridge leader resource. So I'm grateful you helped me get started, and I'm really grateful.
1: I love it. It is such a joy. And then I've got uh, Minister William Jen. Minister Jen was on staff at Tim Keller's church for many years before coming to Maryland and being the senior pastor of uh, Bethel korean presbyterian church and then many years after leaving that he became a part of bridgeway and now he's on our clergy team uh, uh william jen welcome to the show how are you sir
5: fine thank you thank you for having me dr anderson it i'm so glad pleasure.
1: you're with us and happy asian uh, pacific islander month as well <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the ministry you do to not only the Asian community, but the uh, Korean community. But beyond that, all communities get to learn from your wisdom. I'm just glad you're a part of the ministry team at Bridgeway Community Church.
5: Wow, what an honor.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Then we got Pastor Joel Pazmino. He's a pastor in Washington D.C., originally from Ecuador, and I'm so glad to have you. You wrote this Facebook post about uh, George Kennedy and I mean George uh, Floyd and others that have been the 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 victims of racism and to hear from a Hispanic perspective. Uh, pastor Joel, thank you so much for what you wrote on Facebook and for being a part of our show today and our panel.
6: Thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be with you today.
1: Yeah, tell me the name of your church one more time, sir.
6: Yes, it's called Encounter Church, and we're in Washington, D.C., in Columbia Heights, which is a very diverse neighborhood in the city.
1: Wow. Wow, I know Columbia Heights, you know. So I was born in in D.C., raised in Prince George's County, Maryland, and I know Columbia Heights well, so thank you for pitching a tent there and doing the work of the ministry. I know God is using you in a big way there. Thank you so much. So listen, this is what we're going to do. We've introduced the amazing people who are a part of our panel of guests. If you want to join in our conversation, you can call 888 43 We're going to run to a short commercial break. And as soon as we get back, we're going to get into the topic of the theology of, of unity in a racially tense environment. How do we do this? Well, let's talk about it as soon as we get back. You're tuned into, you're watching Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
7: under a Best Buy Waterproofing. There's been a lot of rain here in the Maryland, Virginia area over the past two months, and there's more rain in the forecast. If you have issues in your home with basement moisture, mold and mildew, a crack in your wall, and water leaking into your home, I have a solution for you. My company, Best Buy Waterproofing, can fix your issue forever. We will give you a dry basement and get rid of the mold and mildew, moisture, and any issues related to water around the foundation of your home. Our work comes with a lifetime guarantee and we are highly rated with the Better Business Bureau. Also know during this unusual time my team is fully functional and able to serve you with the highest level of safety for you and your family. Many hundreds of families have been served by Best Buy Waterproofing here in the Maryland and Virginia area. Let us help you too. Go to BestBuyWaterproofing.com or call us directly 24 hours a day 844-980-3707
0: Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's INSPIRE to 97000. And now, back to real talk with Dr. David Anderson.
1: That's me. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're talking on this Theological Thursday about the theology of unity in a racially tense environment amidst all the different racial tensions that make all of us go, ouch, ooh, no, stop. I I can't do it anymore. And uh, of course, George uh, Floyd kept saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Toby, you're a white man. Let me talk to you for a second. I say in my book, Multicultural Ministry, that the white male and the black male are the bookends. And then, all, and then the white woman and the black woman inside of that, and then all the other groups are in between. And if you can get the two extremes to come together, everybody else will be closer. And also there are middle wisdom in the middle book. So you and I are sort of the bookends in this uh, American experiment Tell me how do you uh, process this, and what do you do when these kind of incidents happen?
2: I think the first thing I do is obviously have a a lot of uh, African-American pastor friends and call them up just to express my grieving with them and to listen and to learn. And for me, my my training uh, is historical and theological. So Mm -hmm. looking at that theological framework, going back to Scripture, but also coming forward to society, I think there's a tremendous amount of power in talking to people about what our real history's been rather Mm. than exchange political barbs. I think there's probably two categories of of white men in our country, those that are ignorant of the history and those that are arrogant and don't wanna hear. Mm. And so I think the primary goal that I have among other white people, white men in particular, is to those that are willing to listen and ready to listen to, to tell them the history. And then those that don't want to listen to maybe rebuke them with the history Because it's pretty Mm -hmm. clear in our country. I mean, you have this idea that we go back all the way to the beginning of Scripture, and we're created for a unity of commonality as image bearers of God. But since the fall and since human brokenness, we only naturally do a unity of opposition to the other. And of course, you know, Christ breaks all those barriers down and enables us to do something different. But think about this for a minute. I mean, when is the only time in our movies in, in America where you see all of humanity coming together? it's alien invasion, right? There always has to be an other (laughs) Mm. for us. Mm. But for us that are in Christ, who is restoring and redeeming and renewing us as image bearers, he tears down all those walls and the church should be at the front edge of teaching humanity what a redeemed and renewed image bearer looks like. And unfortunately, the church has put itself in in a position, and I speak mainly of the white evangelical church, of finding excuses not to take action on heretical teachings like racism.
1: Your texts that you send to me always touch my heart when something like this happens and it lets me know uh, that you among other uh, white brothers and sisters are feeling something too. Uh, May Cannon, you're, you're a white woman that's crossed many different uh, borders, by the way. Uh, And so maybe maybe you and and Toby are what they call woke. I don't know if I can use that term. I might be too old to be using that term. But as a white woman, how do you process this and how do you help other white women and and white men process these kind of racial tensions?
4: You know, I'm encouraged, Toby, by your words of reaching out in solidarity to those that we love that are communities of color that are affected. I mean, there's this most recent incident with George Floyd, which was horrific. But, you know, I have a podcast called Hashtag Activism, and we're still talking about Ahmed Arbery, you know, who was killed in February, literally gunned down. And, you know, I think a starting point, you know, particularly for those of us who choose to follow Jesus, is that we have to start with grief and with lament. And so I would point people to, I co-authored a book with a number of people of color called Forgive us confessions of a compromised faith. And for those of us who are white, We have to play a part in dismantling white supremacy and white supremacy is a word that makes people feel very uncomfortable. It's a very provocative word. And yet Mm -hmm. it is something that exists and is institutionalized within our country. And so Lord have mercy and God forgive us for the ways that we contribute to racial injustice in our society. And when we're silent, when things like George Floyd happens, which I'm convicted about, I have been grieving, you know, and, and watching the news and sometimes, you know, myself who I'm in it I'm in the game right yeah. Yeah. and I didn't reach out to David you know and and I'm sorry for the ways that we don't use our voices and may we then be so compelled to use our voices and to engage.
1: Well I'm sure there are a lot of people that you were able to reach out to how do you explain white supremacy for somebody who doesn't uh, know it they're uncomfortable hearing it and they're like no that's not me how, how do you explain it so people can understand it it, it sounds like KKK with robes and and pointy hats is that is that what is that what white supremacy is
4: Well, I think that that's one manifestation of white supremacy, but often we view that as the extreme. And we say, I'm not as bad as the KKK, which if we think the KKK is dead, I just saw on Twitter a face mask and this whole thing with, you know, some conservative white Christians calling for COVID-19 restrictions to be uplifted for civil liberties. I mean, that type of extremism is alive and well, Mm -hmm. but white supremacy is actually that which is silent and just exists within our society because of the way that our society has been built. It has been built on the presupposition that whiteness is at the center and that whiteness is better than other people of color or other people groups. And if you think I'm wrong, the United States in the early 20th century actually had a eugenics movement that existed to eradicate the lack of whiteness within certain people, that whiteness was viewed as pure and holy and better. And that's the root of white society supremacy. So even if we say the KKK is horrific and bad, I as a white person live in a society where I am privileged, even if I don't say a word just by the color of my skin.
8: I
1: hear people saying that uh, white privilege is is offensive to white people. So when they hear it, they turn things, they turn it off. Uh, Toby, as a white man, when you hear about white supremacy and then white privilege, does that turn off your, your white brothers or sisters, or do you have another way of communicating it so they get it? How do you deal with that? I mean, I,
2: I think the most uncomfortable thing, at least for those in the white evangelical kind of conservative tradition, is to grapple with the fact that a lot of the theological heroes, those like Jonathan Edwards and whatever else, taught that, that non-white people were less than full image bearers of God. And so I think for— for the conservative world speaking in theological terms and helping them to understand that there are heretical underpinnings that the church pushed into our society, and so the church has responsibility to take them back out. Mm. You have this language that you hear, and I think and there's some ignorance too, though. So you have this language where people are talking about how the church shouldn't speak to political matters. but just politics. But that, you know, There's a longer version of the story, but the short version is that doesn't exist in the Western Church until the 1830s to justify the discrimination against the Cherokee Indians comes to full fruition um, under Dabney and other theologians in the Civil War as the spirituality of the Church. And, uh, and what ends up being said is the Church has a duty to stay silent on political matters. Mm. Now, here's the challenge with that. You go a few generations back, and in the, in the beginning of the American Revolution— the revolution was being preached from so many Presbyterian pulpits that King George called it the Presbyterian Revolt. The guys like John Witherspoon, who you know signed the Declaration of Independence, said rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. And mm. so you might summarize it as when the rights of white people are being oppressed, it's the duty of the church to take the lead. And when the rights of non-white people are being oppressed, it's the duty of the church to stay silent.
1: Mm, wow, what a that, historical— well, lesson on that. That's, that's amazing because you're right. There are certain topics that, uh, white folk, uh, will white conservative evangelical friends of ours will stand up and speak to immediately. Uh, and then there are other topics. It's like crickets. Uh, you, you can't even hear them, uh, quote a verse that might uh, at all liberate someone that doesn't look like them. If it's somehow, uh, Affects them in a negative way or uh, in some way disadvantages them. Uh, Pastor Joel Pasmino, as a Hispanic uh, brother from Ecuador, you spoke out on this topic. It's not always easy for Hispanics to speak out on the topics that we're talking about of justice because Uh, maybe they are not documented, or maybe they are documented, but their families aren't documented. So to stay in the middle of the pack is a good thing, but when you lift your head up, that means you might become a target yourself. Uh, Did you have to somehow fight that inside of yourself before you spoke, or was this one of those things, no, I have to speak, I don't care what the consequences are?
6: Well, honestly, um, for me, the the initial tension was almost like, I think that you grow up believing like this isn't my problem, so to speak. Uh-huh. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, like I'm not racist. Like I, I didn't, this was, you know, uh, the doing of somebody else and it's it's not my issue. Uh-huh. And personally not my fight me, to fight, not my exactly, battle to fight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like Latin America is like a different, it's had a different experience that there's segregation and racial discrimination and racism. It's just, it looks different there. Uh, but for me, one of the things was I sense this conviction that, It's the same spirit that is saying that, you know, Latin Americans are bad people and that we should kick them out. And it's the same spirit, it's the same thing. And and there was something when I watched that video that, I, I don't know, it was something confronting me that, I I could not stay silent. Like I, could, mm. I I had to say something because there are you know Latinos and there are there there is African American people in my church, and I wanted them to know that I stood with them. I wanted them to know that that this is wrong. This is not okay. And it was just kind of that was the motivation to write that.
1: Yeah. What about you, um, Mr. William Jen? As a Korean and an Asian person, is this one of those situations where you sit back and? Kind of like uh, Pastor Joel, maybe thinking it's not my problem, or is it something that becomes uh, to the forefront for for Asian Americans? Although I know you can't speak for all of them.
5: Yeah, well, <clears throat> this COVID pandemic uh, incident has brought us into different phases. Uh, just like the uh, Pastor, well, you know, we're we're. We're pretty much shy people. We're trying to stay low. Uh, don't try to get involved with anything that is controversial.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: But recently, uh, there's an alarming rise in anti-Asian discrimination because of the pandemics.
1: All of a sudden, and, it becomes your issue, right?
5: <laughs> <laughs> so we can't uh, we can't run away. And recently, they reported what 1,500,000 uh, cases harassment against the Asian American uh, in one month. And uh, so, uh, yeah, this becomes our issues. And but whenever I look at something like uh, what is happening recently, uh, you know, you become so desensitized with uh, what is going on because there's so many of them. But recently, well, a couple of days ago with uh, George Floyd cases, um i was just you know i was by myself watching the the news and uh rather than get angry i i just really felt sad
1: Yeah.
0: Just
5: feeling really sad about what is happening mm. then i got i started finding myself getting angry and yeah. then I. When, I you myself, the and when
1: you feel the hurt and you feel the pain it it then goes into anger and when it's somebody else it's one thing when you realize that your group is also being targeted uh, then all of a sudden you start to empathize in a different way what does it feel like to be black when we come back from this break we're going to ask Pastor Sandy Pope you're tuned in to Real Talk Dr. David Anderson we'll be right back
0: Focus on your future and let Regent University help access your free social distancing scholarship to help you pursue your online degree and your goals. While times are uncertain, you can be certain of this. At Regent, you'll receive world-class support and exceptional instruction from a nationally ranked Christian university. Call 800-373-5504 and mention the Social Distancing Scholarship. Hurry, this offer ends June 1st. Call 800-373-5504 now.
8: Hey, Rich Lee here to say if you're like me, you simply want a trusted company that'll do great work at a fair price. Whether it's storm damage or hail damage, New Home Exteriors delivers quality, trusted work, not quick, slick roofing repairs. That's why the roofer I would ask you to consider is New Home Exteriors. Call 571-200-7274 for a free estimate or go online to newhomeonline.com. That's N-U-homeonline.com. Virtual consultations also available. Tom Rich Lee sent you.
0: America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. The Army National Guard responds to disasters such as wildfires and floods. They protect us with missile defense, cybersecurity, and civilian support teams for chemical, biological, and radiological hazards. Be there for your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the D.C. Army National Guard. Aired by the Maryland, D.C., Delaware Broadcasters Association and this station. Hear 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart. Tune in and now on Radio.com. Need to
9: manage a changing workforce? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Visit ExpressPose.com to find one of over 830 locations to help support your workforce needs.
8: Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline.
10: Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store. Where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now.
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to the second half of the show. So glad you're hanging out with me here in the nation's capital. If you're just joining us, it's Theological Thursday And we're talking about the theology of unity in the midst of racial tension. I've got a special panel hanging out with me uh, today. I've given you the number, but I don't really think that I'm going to be taking your calls because I'm going to hog the time with my amazing panelists, I've got uh, Pastor Toby Kurth out of San Francisco, Pastor Joel Pasmino out of Washington, D.C., originally from Ecuador. I've got uh, Minister William Jen, originally from Korea, but he is uh, one of the ministers on the clergy team at Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland, and in Reisterstown, Owens Mills, Maryland, we've got Pastor May Cannon, longtime friend and author uh, who has been committed to social justice and also building bridges between uh, people of Israel and Palestine. So much work around the world and a good friend and Pastor Sandy Pope, who is a first female pastor at Bridgeway Community Church, but more than that, uh, an amazing a woman of God who knows his word and serves with humility. So welcome uh, to all of you panelists again. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Let me run to Sandy Pope and ask you, Sandy, as a black woman, how are you processing everything that has been going on in the culture with uh, George uh, Floyd and Amy Cooper in New York City who had her dog at the time and threatened uh, to call the police on a black man and tell them that uh, the black man is threatening her in New York City. How do you process this as as a black person, maybe as a black woman? Tell me what you're thinking.
3: Well, let's also remember Brianna Taylor, the woman who was um, shot in her home um, yes. as, she, as, she, uh, as she slept. Um, how am I processing this? It, it makes me very angry um, because it's always like, here we go again. Um, and it just seems like it never ceases to stop. Um, and it's just so much division in our country right now. Um, I do appreciate um, how uh, people seem to want to reach out um, and provide condolences and comfort and say, I see you. Um, But I think we have to get beyond all of that. I think we have to really think um, about what would we do if this was happening so close to us. I think it's so easy to say so many things like that when the situation is so far away from you. But when yeah. it's close up to you, when it's happening to somebody you know, would you make these same types of stances? Would you stand up? Would you speak up for me? Um, I always say that Sandra Pope could have very easily been Sandra Bland. And so it makes me angry. I have brothers. Um, who are out and about, and I'm always concerned about them. I'm always praying for their safety and their protection, um, but it, it just makes me um, very angry. And while I know that God is in control and that um, I, I have to bridle my anger in a constructive way to make change, um, it, it, just, it just gets tired. I'm just seeing so many um, African-American women and men just saying, I'm tired. I'm so yeah. tired.
1: Yeah. It, does it make you say, okay, maybe I'm gonna give up on this multicultural ministry thing, just go back to the black church or something?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, absolutely not. If 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 anything, I I definitely want to reach out to people, um, and I I'd love to have dialogue with people who perhaps don't understand it from a black person's perspective. Um, so that they know a little bit about me and my history and my upbringing. Um, I wasn't raised in in an African-American community uh, for the most part of my life, Um, but just being able to have those difficult discussions and bringing people together, I think makes a world of difference. Even if you end up not agreeing, at least you had the discussion, and and at least you took the time to hear and see that person that you had the conversation with.
1: So let me throw this out to the panel. How in the world do we maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace when these kind of things keep happening?
4: I was going to say, Dr. Anderson, hearing you talk, Pastor Sandy, you are a far more patient woman than I. <laughs> when You said that you're not willing, you know, you're not going to give up on reconciliation. You're not going to give up on the unity of the church. You know, that this can make a difference. And yet your challenge to us and particularly to white people listening to this conversation, we have no excuse when we say that we are in not in proximity with the communities that are most affected by this. I mean, as you talked about here, We go again. You know, I have a whole chapter on um, police violence and uh, racial violence in this new book, Beyond Hashtag Activism. And my publishers did not have room in the book for me to tell the stories of Black lives that have been lost just Mm. in the last few years, from Mm. Trayvon Martin to, you know, Michael Brown. And here we are, you know, Breonna Taylor, you're talking about, you know, uh, George Floyd just this last week. And you know, may we start with Lord have mercy, but may we not be immobilized in that regard. And I think one of the number one things we can do is be in community together to challenge one another and to encourage one another. I mean, hearing you talk and hearing you not being willing to give up, I keep saying despair is the luxury of the privileged. We can't despair, but we have to be willing to engage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just encouraged even in what we've talked about so far.
1: Well, when we get back from this next commercial break, which we're going to now, I want to hear uh, from the rest of our panel how we can maintain this unity of the spirit through the bond of peace you're tuned into you're listening uh, to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson but not him alone I've got Pastor Joel, Pastor Jen I got Pastor May I got Pastor Toby Kurth and Pastor Pope I got them all hanging out with me right here (laughs) tell your friends there's still 15 minutes left don't miss this it's Real
10: Talk we'll be right back
0: (laughs)
8: Best Buy Waterproofing and Best Buy Design Build. So, who is this superhero guy flying over the neighborhood looking for leaky basements and leaky roofs to repair? Visit Waterproofing.com or call 844-980-3707 24-7 to see what heroic home repair services look like. Basement waterproofing, mold and mildew remediation, structural repair, foundation crack injection, sump pump systems, roofing and gutters, siding and decks. So, you went to Waterproofing.com and called 844-980-3707. Who's the real hero now? You are. Under one
7: roof, from one side to the other. Under one roof, from the inside out. We've got you covered from top to bottom. At Best Buy, your old house is our business.
1: David Anderson. We've got another thick segment for you. And then before you know, we got to land the plane. So let me go right back to my amazing panelists of guests and ask this question. How do we maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace when we're facing uh, so many uh, racial challenges in our country? Who wants to jump in? Okay, great. You go first, so I'll, Pastor I'll... Joel. <laughs> Since y'all not jumping on one another, I'm going to jump in and ask you directly, <laughs> Pastor Joel, how do, how do we
6: maintain this unity? Absolutely. Uh, I think that at the core of the issue, what we, we need to see is that this is where history is going. You know, like uh, Martin Luther King quotes the, the famous the, the famous phrase, like the the, the arc of uh, of, of like the the, the arch history is long men's mensural justice that these were Jesus is taking things so if we say that we are the people of Jesus the only future that exists is the future of unity. And so it's it's allegiance to Jesus or anything else. And, and the thing with the future is that it's not a like unity where we all just agree and get along. It's a unity where the dignity and the safety and the humanity of everybody is cherished in the way that God is cherished. So mm. uh, I, I think that a lot of times there's just the sense of that unity is kind of like this flattening of differences. There's like assimilation into a way of life. But that's not what you see in the scriptures. You see people, Jesus talks about people from all different nations and tongues and uh, you know, ethnicities and colors of skin. Like, so that, those differences must be maintained. But with the idea of the unity, I, the way I see in the scriptures is mm. that that image of God in people is lifted up in everybody.
1: So theologically yeah. speaking, we've got to see each person's Im- imago Dei or image of God being born out through their particular ethnicity or gender or whatever, and if we start at that place, that at least helps us. Pastor Sandy, you were going to say something with regard to how we how we maintain this unity.
3: Um, I think we need to understand the source of where all of this is coming from. So we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So when we're looking at each other, specifically within the Church of Jesus Christ, there is a great amount of division amongst us. Um, you know, I talked on your radio show a few days ago that we can't say the word evangelical evangelism means a good thing, right? It means spreading the good news of the right. gospel. But so many people have taken to that term and made it into something that is very political. So there are so many things external to the body of Christ that are dividing us. There's a, there's a great spiritual component to this. And I think we have to really understand the root cause of where this is coming from so that it prevents further division.
1: So going after, then, the the sort of root cause of this, realizing that our enemy is Satan and our problem is sin, we've got to go at it from that theological angle. William, Jen, it doesn't seem like uh, the theology matters here. We still have this brokenness, not only in the world, but clearly difference of perspective in the church. How, how do we maintain that unity?
5: Well, I, I think that, well, I might sound... Pretty old-fashioned, but I think we need to go back to two things. It seems to me, one is the the, the law, and another one is the gospel. Law and gospel. Mm. When I say law, uh, I think you know. Look at us. I mean, how, how many years has it been passed? Sixty years. Uh, we we did we passed so many legislations about uh, uh, racism and uh, the prejudice and all of that. Have we changed? Are we better than, you know, 20 years ago? Yes, but not really. I mean, we're the same person. So the law only prevent us from doing something stupid, but authentically it's not going to change inside. That's where the gospel comes in. To me, the gospel is the greatest uh, common denominator of, of uh, becoming equalizer of being a superiority versus inferiority. You know, what is this about? You know, people say, I'm better than you. Uh, I'm smarter than you. I'm better looking than you. Because what? Because I have a more education, I have a more money. Or because I, my skin is lighter than yours. Uh, how are we going to bring that down? How, 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 are, we, how are we going to make that equalized? Well, uh, we are who we are We're, because of what Christ has done. The Christ died for us for our sin, but Christ also lived for our righteousness. Now I am somebody, you are somebody, because what Christ has done. And to me, that that gospel needs to be to be told, and that element can change us inside, not just to prevent mm-hmm. us doing stupid by having the law, but we need two things: the law and gospel.
1: Wow, that's good. So the gospel has the ability uh, not just to change uh, laws, but to change lives, not to, ch- to change habits, but to change hearts. And you're telling us that the gospel is powerful enough not only to save us, but yes. is it powerful enough to uh, help us with our sin of racism? Uh, Pastor Toby Kurth, what do you think? Is this a discipleship yeah. issue? I was excited to jump in here because I think it's, uh, and this is, again, speaking from a, a
2: white evangelical perspective, I think there's a confusion oftentimes between how we articulate the gospel, because we got to recognize that for the vast majority of the history of our country, the conservative church held to what people even today would call solid theology without recognizing that their theology was being corrupted by a deeper pathology that failed to help them see every single human being as an image bearer of God. It's a complex thing. So I think I think in, in my traditions, there's people who have been satisfied with a correct articulation of the gospel, and they've Mm. let unity stay aspirational rather than have it be a conviction that leads to action. So I think we, we do preach the gospel, but we also preach that the gospel actually bears fruit. And if it's not bearing fruit, something's wrong with the way you're preaching, articulating, or living out the gospel. So and you're I think saying
1: that the gospel itself, historically, as a historian that you are, historically was a gospel for a certain group of people, not necessarily for another group of people. Well,
2: even worse, they have like the 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 correct theology. They even within it articulated that non-whites were less than full image bearers of God. So that that a, that a black person could be could be purified in their soul, but left hopelessly corrupt in their body. Now, that's a heretical teaching that's never been called out and directly repented of. Hmm. Uh,
4: There's an exhibit about that in the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C., where the Bible was used to justify the manifestation of slavery because of that false theology.
1: Huh. Is it really a false theology that has been debunked, or do you think that it still has uh, has some legs here in our churches?
2: It absolutely does, because of the deeper pathology that's never been called out. I mean, everyone in this country is raised to believe through images, through their history, through culture that that black men are dangerous.
1: Mm. Well, I, I think. Go ahead, jump in.
5: Yeah, I I think that uh, the the gospel. Um, I, I don't know from from my my point of view. I think the gospel has been preached in in a way that, uh, you know. Uh, you believe in gospel and then you, you will go to heaven, you know, that kind of a, that kind of a, but we need, we need that gospel to live out every day, everything that we do uh, and and this life, not just the future life, uh, but now here, you know, Mm -hmm. what does that matter? I mean, how are we going to behave? How are we going to come together? How are we going to honor one another? And the gospel speaks a lot about it because you know everything in this world is based on our merit, right? I am somebody because who I am. You know, I accumulated this or I have this. Well, uh, the gospel says you are who you are because of what Christ has done. To me, that's a, that's the greatest game changer of all time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're not
1: now yeah. leaning on your own your own laurels yeah. and your own degrees, yeah. but like Paul, you're saying that that's rubbish. Yeah. You know? right.
3: Yeah, right. I wonder if I could. If I could um, just kind of piggyback on what William is saying, um, you know, and I, I hear what uh, to- uh, Toby is saying also, because I think that they both make very, very good points. Um, but when I think about the gospel, I think of Jesus going through all lengths to reach a person. And I think of him crossing those cultural boundaries to talk to the woman at the mel- well in Samaria in uh, in uh, John chapter four, um, how he went through a place where most people wouldn't go to in order to share the gospel with a woman um, in broad daylight. And then for that woman to hear that message and to go into her village and to tell everyone. So I think uh, with unity, we have to go into some places that we probably wouldn't think to go into, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe because it's not the social norm. um, But if we really wanna reach people and build bridges for unity, Um, we need to do what Jesus do. And that message of uh, the correct message of the gospel um, does bring freedom. Um, A person who truly comes to faith in Jesus Christ, um, they should be seeing people through the eyes of Christ. Jesus said in uh, in John chapter 13 that we should love one another. And by the love that we show one another, the world will know that we are his disciples.
1: There it is. So here we are talking about uh, the gospel, and race relations i've often said that evangelism and multiculturalism walk hand in hand how do you have one without the other listen when we come back from this break each one of my amazing panelists are going to give a final comment i'm going to pray and we are going to be out you have been tuned in to real talk with dr david anderson
8: Hello, Chuck with A-Action. This summer, your AC will use more electricity than any other appliance. So get a $69 efficiency tune-up and prevent unexpected breakdowns. You'll get performance specifications of your electrical components. We'll also check your refrigerant levels, pressures, temperatures, and much, much more. Both of your indoor and outdoor unit while practicing proper social distancing. Hey, Rich Lee here to say if you're like me, you simply want a trusted company that'll do great work at a fair price. Whether it's storm damage or hail damage, New Home Exteriors delivers quality, trusted work, not quick, slick roofing repairs. That's why the roofer I would ask you to consider is New Home Exteriors. Call 571-200-7274 for a free estimate or go online to newhomeonline.com. That's N-U-HomeOnline.com virtual consultations also available. Tom Rich Lee sent you. Hi, this is Christy Moore, broker local expert realty. For almost a decade, you've been hearing me on WABA encouraging you to work with my team when you decide to sell your house. I've met and worked with hundreds of listeners over the years, and I'm grateful to be a part of this family. During this time of crisis, when we are unable to do business as usual, we are still talking with clients over the phone or on video chat to prepare them to sell their house for when our life returns to a new normal. During this time, if you'd like to call me and discuss preparing your house for sale, or just want to know someone is here to support you during this uncertain time, I'm happy to do just that. Otherwise, please know that I'm thinking of my friends and listeners with WAVA, and I'm here to serve you whenever you need me. God bless, take care, and stay healthy. To book an appointment with Christy, call 866 404 5858 That's 866 404 5858 One more time, 866 866-
10: Let's welcome Jeremy Camp.
9: Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes.
10: You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? I'll
9: say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate. At WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com.
1: Real talk with Dr. David Anderson, and we are coming out to the end of our show. It's been an amazing conversation that I've had with some uh, great panelists who I'm so thankful for. And I want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity just to give a final thought for about 30 seconds each. I'm going to start with Pastor Joel Pazmino. He's the pastor of Encounter Church in Washington, D.C. in the Columbia Heights area. What's your final comment, uh, Pastor Joel?
6: I think for me, the thing that's that really has been in my heart these last couple of days is God longs for justice. Mm. You see that in the old Testament, you see it in the new Testament, like that there's this passage in Amos, that Eugene Peterson says, that's all I want. I want justice. I want oceans of it. I want fairness. I want rivers of it. So to, to love God, to follow Jesus, it means to long for justice with him. And this is, the issue of our time of justice, Mm -hmm. you know, racial equality, dismantling racism and white supremacy. So if we are people of God, we're called to long for justice too.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your work and continue it. And I support you and thank God for you. Okay. (laughs) Minister William Jen, final words.
5: Uh, Well, I think that, uh, how do we stay together? How do we, how do we stay together without I becoming like you or you becoming like me? And I think only way that could, well, could happen for me is my righteousness is not based on what I do, what I have, who I am, but my righteousness that I am somebody because of what Christ has done mm-hmm. on that cross and his death and his resurrection. Thank you so much.
1: Reverend Dr. Toby Kurth, final words. No, this is one of the things I've
2: learned most from you over the years, uh, Dr. Anderson, so I'm grateful for is, the, is that we need those that aren't like us to fully know who Jesus is, that God works through scripture, he works through prayer, but he also works through the body. So that I would look at someone different than me, socioeconomically, ethnically, and think they have something to teach me about God, myself, and society. And I would pursue a transformation of the mind in community and in relationship that
1: then leads to living differently. I need people different than me to help me see God in a different way. I heard that, bro. And Reverend Dr. May Cannon, my sister and friend, final words
4: righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. We are told in Psalms, what is the good news of the gospel that we can have salvation through Christ as he is redeeming the world and bringing his justice. So that's my hope and prayer. And I'm grateful we get to do it
1: together. New book, get it beyond hashtag activism. And last but not least, my strong black sister, I got to give it to you. What's going on? (laughs) Give me a final word.
3: You know, um, first of all, it's been a pleasure to be here among everyone, but I would say this, um, I love what Proverbs 31 says before you get to the virtual woman part, there's actually a, a really strong social justice verse there where it says to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Mm. And so I would say to, you know, take that trip to the place where people don't go to meet people as a uh, Dr. Toby said, um, you know, we, we see, um, the bigger picture of who we are in Jesus Christ as we get to know one another. And if you get to know other people, it's very difficult um, to be angry. And then also um, for us as a church to not give in to this division that we see happening all around us. Fight for unity.
1: Well, there you go. Speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Albury can't speak for himself. Floyd can't speak for himself. We can speak for him. And Lord, we speak to you and say, thank you for the panel. Thank you for the wisdom of these years. Thank you for... Our diversity, Lord, and help us continue to build bridges of reconciliation and racism. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen.